Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, Palm. Follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at udpod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guess it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts for absolutely free 99 I made a claim and I'm sticking to it for at least one week. That's right. Your Monday drop episode is here. Applause. Break. Oh, no, wait, I'm reading my notes now. Um, yes, we're back. We're happy to be um, back on the airwaves. And we've got a great guest today. And this guest is someone who has done this stupid podcasting thing with me since long before UDPod existed. And uh, I'm happy to have him here to talk not only just to catch up with my friend, but also to talk about Georgia football and do our own version of a draft preview. That's right. We don't care about your fake teams. We're just talking about Georgia's prospects. And I'll tell you what, Smith's got a pretty good game. He's going to be breaking out on us, and uh, I hope to do exceedingly poorly. Smith, what's going on, man? <laughs> yeah, it's Jigsaw voice. I want to play a game. <laughs> Coming on your podcast, basically. <laughs> when you sent me that text last week, you're like, hey, man, if we had anyone talking about the draft, because I would love to. Because I, I was on Felder's uh, Take Don't Lie talking about Georgia draft, and then it came up a little bit when I was on the hand in the dirt last time. But I hadn't really done it on this show, and so when you said that, I was like, perfect. I was very resigned to just being – sad to watch the draft on Thursday because I've abandoned the Falcons. And mm, yeah. it wasn't even should, anything on the field. It wasn't have. it bro, when your team like is debasing itself for Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. that's I'm I'm out. I'm good. Yeah, and the not, fact that Matthew Ryan look, went man. from from Matt Ryan went from Matt Ryan from Frat Ryan to getting a Goodbye, night dedicated to him in Magic City. It just shows me that maybe, just maybe, we did him dirty. Um, but I, I know you'd want me to say this to the listeners and make sure everyone knows this. 15 weeks ago, University of Georgia won a national title. Uh, yes, that's right. We're never yes. going to stop doing that. 100%. Every pod. Uh, but, yeah, so, Smith, how's everything been going? It's good. It's good. No complaints on this side uh, over here by the Mississippi River. Um, and yeah, I am, you know, my, as folks who are familiar with me might know, I'm like college teaching. And so my classes are winding down. So we're into the fun sort of uh, find something to care about in sporting world time. Um, and also uh, part of the reason that I love the draft, my birthday is actually tomorrow. I didn't even tell you this in the pre-talk. Uh, oh, so I, I always love the draft cause it's like right around my birthday. So this is always like a good a seasonal thing for me. Of like, we get the masters and then I just roll right mm-hmm. into starting to do, uh, way too many mock drafts on the PFF mock draft simulator. So I'm, I'm hyped to talk about it today. So I found this to be something that's very interesting for me. So I don't like, when I talk about football, I think I do it differently than people who didn't play football because I played football. When I talk about the draft, I get reminded very quickly that I used to do this for a living. Mm-hmm. I used to be a sports agent. And so people are like, I'm doing mock drafts. I'm like, for fun? You're not getting paid or compensated in any way, shape, or form for this? Like, why would you do that? That seems ridiculous. And I have to remind myself that, oh, no, wait, this is fun for people. Actually, it's really funny that you said that. Um, talking about your birthdays coming up, I was on Facebook today, kind of just doing some things, and I saw one of those, I guess, uh, history posts. April 24th, 2010, my my status read as follows. With the 12th pick in the seventh round, the Washington Redskins select UCLA wide receiver Terrence Austin. 
Congratulations, TA, Mr. and Mrs. Austin, and the Washington Redskins for a great selection. The reason I posted that is because that was the very first client we ever got drafted. Yeah. It was today, 11 or 12 years ago, which one makes me feel very old. Mm. But two, it's just like, uh, yeah, it's, it's that time of year. And I tell you what, no matter how I feel about the draft and Mel Kuyper and the commercialization of what's essentially an HR phone call, it's cool to watch the kids win. Yeah. It's cool to watch these kids who've given so much of themselves in their lives to this dream achieve that dream. Yeah. And so, it's weird too, like in the background, and we don't have to, we don't get off this tangent too much, but it's no. odd always it's it kind of has a similar vibe as like us, me and you talking about college football as a beautiful thing and then as kind of this moral morass that we want to fix. <laughs> it's like it's glor like I cannot lie that like because this is always on my birthday ish weekend I like have fallen in love with this event I love it so much right um, I think about it a lot but I also am aware enough to be to know that like there are ways that could probably be more just for some of these guys in having long careers in this thing they've given up so much of their body and their mm. time to do you know like so many dudes are gonna get picked by teams in the top 10 who are just going to waste their incredible mutant-like talent because they're run by complete idiots. And and that's sad. And, you know, if it were more like uh, other sports in the world where there was just like an open free agency transfer window kind of thing, these guys might have a better shot at um, having a longer dream than they do with the draft. You mean they but may like, not have chosen to move to Mississippi to teach? Right, you yeah. Like know, that? It could have been a thing. It's something like that, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so that's that's something i want to acknowledge too is that like my geeking out over the draft my love of the draft vibes it is this compelling narrative story it's like you know watching a whole like a ton of uh extreme home makeover type things happen all at once like these incredible mm -hmm. stories unfolding before your eyes but but there's always in the back of my mind and i'm sure yours especially since you worked on the other side of this of like man some of this is like we could do a lot better than this in some ways and so I just want to say that it's, it's always part of what's so interesting to me about the draft is all the questions about what you can and cannot know about how someone will pan out. But then also all of mm. the questions about like, should we be doing it this way? Could we do it better? But look at how great this is, you know, all of that mixed up together. It's 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 the dichotomy of acknowledging that we're celebrating the highlight of these guys' career thus far, but also acknowledging that, man, it should look different. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've got a chance to watch Bomani's new show on HBO, but did a fantastic segment on abolishing the draft and exactly the kind of things you're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. um, again, listeners, if you're watching, if you're listening to this podcast and not watching that show, first of all, God bless you. Second of all, fix your life. Just go watch the show. Um, <laughs> before we get into the Georgia draft prospect, which in, this, in, a, in a manner which I think you've taken a really unique way to do it, I did this last week on the air and since I discovered this was actually a thing, and now I think I may do this on the air every week until week one, Let's look at the Georgia schedule. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing so, because it's great. <laughs> well, because last week uh, I did, I had Nat on a couple of days ago and he had not seen the schedule yet. I said, don't look at it. I swear to God, I'm reading it to you on the air and you're going to freak out. And I read it to him on the air and he freaked out. He's like, oh no, you're going to be insufferable. And so <laughs> as we now record this three days later, I confirmed he was right. Mm. Uh, I'm going to read the schedule for those because everyone, every podcast is someone's first podcast. Georgia opens up at Oregon, then at home versus Sanford, Samford, excuse me, uh -huh. then going to the unfriendly confines of South Carolina, then home for Kent, they then go to Mizzou, which is Jason Smith's favorite state, 
Absolutely. Um, they're then home for Auburn, Vandy, week off, then the Florida game. Then they're home for Tennessee. They go to Mississippi State. They go to Kentucky, and they're home for Tech. They play crossover games. They avoid LSU. They avoid A&M, and they avoid Alabama. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> here's where I jinx us for the next, I don't know, seven, six months. I'm going to be a problem. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's good to be a problem in this particular way, though. It's <laughs> that's why my my next question to you, Jason, was: Am I wrong in being a little bit giddy at that schedule? No, I mean I look at that and I go, okay, I, you know, but it's it's odd that you would sit here and go, we've given up our entire defense to the first round of the NFL draft, True. and we still have a guy named Stetson Bennett, the friggin' fourth as quarterback. And we lost our best receiver, by the way. I mean, I guess, you know, at wide receiver, not a tight end. But he went to – he transferred to Alabama. Um, he's going to do great. I guarantee you he'll be like a really, 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 you know, probably a finalist for whatever the wide receiver award is. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but I look at this, and it's one of those situations where I'm like, I got to try to find a loss. I think you could go in and lose to Oregon if you're, like, really raw – Dan Lanning is their head coach. He knows our defense really well. He knows where we're weak, I guess. Uh, but I'm sure that, you know, Kirby has some stuff for that. Uh, South Carolina, maybe. They're, you know, that's always a maybe. Um, Auburn's going to be a disaster. Mizzou's not ready yet. Vandy is completely in the dumps. Florida is not fully operational yet. I think they'll become a loss eventually, but not now. I mean, I think if you... Tell me what you think, but I think Tennessee is the Tennessee and Mississippi State to me are the only dangerous games on the schedule. Tennessee, I was actively nervous about last year. Yeah, and everyone was like, "Oh, you're you're being you're being dramatic." And I was like, "Look, they do a lot of things. They score in bunches. I don't like teams that can do that." Yeah. I'm less worried about landing in Oregon just because same way about feel about Florida. I just feel like the operationals it was not going to be operational yet. I mm -hmm. think that there was some. Um, I think. Cristobal is a better game day coach than people, or a better week of coach than people think. Not a very good game day coach. I think yep. he took a lot of expertise with him. And I think Dan Lanning is going to try to be. I love Dan Lanning. I think I, I'm sad he's coaching Oregon, um, but he's also a copy of a copy of a copy. This mm -hmm. is because Smart is the photocopy, the Xerox, if you will, of Saban. And now we're trying to Xerox a Xerox. And I mean, there are young people who don't know what I'm saying right now. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> right. Just, to, just wait till we tell you. you. <laughs> wait till we tell you about fax machines. <laughs> I like as I was saying it, I was like, oh, this is a super dated reference. Like this is this is me making a Chappelle show joke today. Like this is yeah. there's no place <laughs> for it. So for the record, when you make a Chappelle show reference, that's a 20 year old reference. Knock yeah. it off. <laughs> I also think going to back to Tennessee that it's worth noting that Kirby has never lost to that offense. Like he's played Josh Heupel in, in several occasions and that offense just does not beat Kirby. He gives up a lot of points and yards because you can't not do that to that offense. Yeah, but so, so I think even if you're like, well, like our edge is still going to be really good, you know, because we, we bring back Beal and Nolan Smith. That'll be fine. I, I don't know what this secondary is going to be. Like, I don't think losing – Losing scene is the biggest problem. Yes. You get you keep Ringo, but like I don't really think Kendrick is that much of a loss. Sorry, you know, good luck making money. But like that guy, I think he had a great Michigan game, but otherwise he was a bit of a liability towards the end. And so so my my thought there is like we probably will be mostly the same, except it's safety. And so I'm very curious to see how they 
you know, if, but it's late in the year, you know, like that's one of, if this were the traditional Tennessee location on the schedule, yes. where Auburn is, I'd be much more nervous playing Tennessee in October than I am in November, where I feel like we will either, either we will be a trash fire at that point, or we will be, we'll be running smooth. And I, I would think then if that Stetson, would If Stetson Bennett's under center, then we win. And that means that nothing's gone wrong. Well, if Stetson if, under center in November, that means nothing's gone wrong. Hang on. And, and. Brock Bowers and Eric Gilbert are healthy. If they are healthy, then I think we're fine. Okay. I, I shake. I, I agree with you on that. Let's get out of the schedule talk. There's people listening right now who are just elated uh, wait, because I'm wait, I'm jinx, wait, we're jinxing thing. our team. Let me do one more thing. Can you imagine how much fun it's going to be though to line up in four tight end personnel against Mississippi State with like Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers, Eric Gilbert, and uh, um, Delp. I forget his first name. Uh, the, the other giant dude we have that can catch balls and run a four four forty. Um, I think it's just going to be so much fun uh, to you guys make to make them decide. Okay, cover one of our three Jimmy Grams or cover Kendall Milton. Pick one. I need people to understand how weird this offense is going to look. And I need you to be okay with it. Mm. I just need you to know there's a lot of heightened talent on this team. And yeah. it's not going to look – and the thing is I say that, but it's just going to be damn first, second down run. I know it is. Yeah. If it's yeah, no, if it's not weird, it's Todd Munkin's fault and you should fire him. Because, like, this offense should be <laughs> weird as hell. But if it's not, that is a failure, an administrative failure. Get rid of that guy. He's a bum. <laughs> I'm really glad to have you on today. <laughs> this is a level of Georgia Spice you this, need in April. The first fire monkey of the year in April 24th, 2022. <laughs> Marking calendars. <laughs> oh, man. And if anyone thought we'd be satisfied with one national title. No. I, I say like, I'm honestly like, go for go and eight. I don't care. You can't hurt me. I'm a national champion. But at the same time, this conversation has got me very thirsty for some for some national title for some return to return to glory. I know yeah. I shouldn't be this way. I know I'm jinxing everything and I apologize in advance. Now, uh, wait, one, let's let me do one more one more future thing. Okay. One let's more wait, way too future prediction. I think okay. this Georgia team makes the playoff. I think yeah. this Georgia team gets absolutely housed by Ohio State as the four seed. That's what I think. I think Georgia's gonna get in sneak in at the four. Ohio State will be at two, or Ohio State will be at one, I guess. And we will get just the absolute doors blown off of us in LSU all over again in 2019. And I'm fine with that. That's a great season. If that's how it ends, that's fine. If this team makes a playoff or making a final. Mm. Okay. If anything, because of institutional, uh, just, just they've been there, like not just they've been there last year, they keep showing up and they yeah. keep succeeding. This is the group of kids who gets to that big stage and doesn't shrink. Okay. And uh, so you're asking for a lot of out of unproven commodities, especially in those young kids. We'll see. I, I hope if you're right, that's still a win for us. Like that's a great yeah. season. If you're right, that's a super season. So I, I, I refuse to continue jinxing this team. Let's talk about the kids you're about to get paid. God bless them. You introduce your your game. I'm excited. Okay. So here's the game that I have for you. We will play a Georgia mock draft guessing game. I didn't I should have thought of a better title, but I don't know. I have Perfect. taken the top picks on the big board, basically. Um, so I have, let's see, two, four, six, seven guys. Um, there's only one offensive player on this list, and I think you know who that is, but I'm not going to tell you. Uh, okay. And I, what I've done is I've gone through many, many, many 
NFL mock drafts, uh, and I have picked out three different locations they could fall in the first round. So this is all of them, first or second round. Um, I'm going to give you the three picks. You will have to tell me, one, who the player is, and then once okay. we get who the player is, we will have to decide between ourselves what the best landing spot for that player is. Cool? Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to start out with, and uh, I've tried to be as tricky with these as I can. I don't know if I'll succeed, but I'm going to try. Okay. Let's go eighth overall to the Falcons. Go ahead and talk about Falcons again. Ninth to the Seahawks, 14th overall to the Ravens. Who is this Georgia player? Do I get any clues? Um, what will happen? I think it'll get easier as we take dudes off the board. Obviously that, yeah. Um, sure. I will say defense. I think the third pick is the most likely, if that gives you a sense of who this is. And read back the third pick to me. So 14th overall to the Ravens. 14th. Oh, uh, that's, um, that's, that's, does it have a need there though? Is that seen? No, no, this is, uh, it, he is slightly large. Oh, really? I don't think Jordan yeah. Davis. Yeah, they don't have a need there. So you're right. This is Jordan Davis. A uh, very okay. interesting okay. mock draft that had him go into the Falcons, which I'm assuming is just they pull the trigger on best Georgia player available and they just have <laughs> Davis on top of their board. Which, honestly, <laughs> if you're botting out a franchise, you're trying to sell tickets, come see the guy you already love is not horrible sell. What's really depressing is how many times Falcons fans have had to make that argument and the, the front office still won't hear them about that. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so I like – I'm with you that I don't know that the Ravens have a need, but that just feels like the kind of place where the Ravens are going to take Jordan Davis. Um, it just feels like a pick they're going to make. But so of those three, you get Falcons, Seahawks, or Ravens, where do you think is the best spot for Davis? The Ravens. Like, institutionally. Yeah, right? like, <laughs> like, like, if I, if I, I was agent, I'm like, let's blow the Falcons interview. Let's just yeah. blow it. Yeah. Let's just not show up. And I'd feel okay about Seahawks or Ravens, but if I'm giving the three – Talking about someone who's going to develop you not just to be the zero technique, but to be the three technique. You're going to need to have longevity in this league. I'm taking you to the Ravens. They've had big men not just succeed there, but spread their wings and really develop into the complete lineman. So I think that's a great place for him. And he also doesn't have to do everything right away. You know, you're not going to be there like mm -hmm. number one DT off the jump. They have they have like a culture of developing that position really well. But, but so. when you look at the jump from SEC title game to Nash title game, you see that it's there. That if you yeah. need to be, him to be that guy, that, the three-down defensive lineman, he can make that adjustment. He can adjust his body, and he can do it quick, fast, in a hurry. So yeah, I think I think it's totally right. Okay, so next one, sixteenth uh, overall to the Jets, so their second first-round pick, seventh overall to the Giants, or ninth overall to the Seahawks. I swear to God, Nicobe Dean's a Giant. I will be furious. <laughs> it's, it's not Nicobe Dean. I'll give you that one. Take that one off. Okay. All right. This, well, then, I will um, tell you this. This is the trickiest one I have. The trickiest one. So it's someone who I don't think should be as high as he is. <laughs> is that what you mean? Is it, is it Trayvon Walker? It is Trayvon Walker. <laughs> <laughs> So let's just get this out of the way first. I don't think he's going to any of these teams because I think Balky's going to take him number one. I really do. And it, it just really? – I think, I think if Balky was trying to throw a smoke screen, the guy we would be hearing about flying up the board is Malik Willis 
or Kenny Pickett or mm. something. Because if you want, because think about Detroit, like why, why would Detroit care if you're going to take a flyer on Trayvon Walker when they get their favorite son, Aiden Manet Sandwich Hutchinson off the board right after him? Like, absolutely go take Trayvon Walker, you know, if you're Trent Balky and everybody else is behind you. You're not going to get them to come up for that. But if you sure. like are talking about Malik Willis as like the next, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson or something, and you really want to tempt somebody to get up there and get in before you do, then I think that's what you're trying to do. I think this is real. Like they really just think this guy, you know, like I think measurables are going to be the key story of this draft of you're really going to see a lot of picks thinking about like Odafe Owe last year to the Ravens, where it was like the dude came in with like no sacks, but he was a pass rusher, but he had no sacks. He just had insane measurables. And so I think Trayvon's kind of riding that wave to a whole different level of not, you're not just going in the first round off no production. You're going one overall with like just kind of some good film. Well, he he's a guy who benefited greatly from one, the profile of this defense, mm-hmm. two big plays at big times in big games, which is, a, which is, a, which is a skill. And three, he's one of those guys who, like, it's uh, if you remember D'Angelo Hall for the Falcons way back when, where you're yeah. like, I think he's a first round talent, and then he ran a four or three, and you're like, oh, okay, he's top five. <laughs> and so, like, that's how, <laughs> that's how I feel about Trevor Walker. Like, he's one of those guys who made himself a bunch of money with his workout. And I want to make sure something gets said really quickly, Lions fans, if you're listening, that Aiden Hutchinson joke he made. If you draft Aiden Hutchinson, you're doing the thing I was talking about with Jordan Davis. Mm-hmm. Just know that's what it is. He's not very good. He's fine. He's fine. I just, I remain unimpressed. I will tell you this. I think, talking nationally real quick, I do not understand how he went over Thibodeau. I still don't understand it. Um, Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think if Thibodeau didn't sound like, I would imagine a lot of like NFL personnel people think Antonio Brown is like, I think they're getting that in their head with Kayvon talking about crypto and whatever. But like, I just think even from a measurable standpoint, from a film standpoint, God, if you're, like if Thibodeau is there, y'all just shut up and press the button. You know, like it is not that hard. Anyway, OK, back to the game. So Walker, <laughs> we have to pick landing spot or, or here's the way we'll shorten this. Are any of these three places? Would you take no, them? Don't to shorten this. I'm, having, I'm having a ball. I'm having okay. a ball. OK, Jets, Giants, Seahawks. Pick one. And we can add in the Jags there, too, if you want. If you, yeah, go, you I, go to the Jags. You, You've entered the bulky thing, and now I kind of want to see what happens. I like because like, I like think they're like, I feel, I feel, I feel if Trayvon Walker goes first, it raises the the tide for all the other Georgia defenders. Yeah, right. Like I think then you might start to see. Like I think just looking at the mocks, I think Wyatt Davis are going to go might very well go back to back thirteen and fourteen in some order. But I think then maybe you see like Dean's stock come up a bit because like. If Trayvon goes one overall, maybe there's more of an oomph to get these Georgia guys before they're off the board. The, the fact that the Kobe Dean is dropping in anyone's board is why I don't pay attention to this number. We're, we're going to talk it's about it. It's why I refuse. It's why I refuse. But, yeah, I think out of all those places, I like to see for the kids Jacksonville. For him, and and it's speak, we're speaking to, like, the, the, the nature of the draft that I keep picking the lowest rated of these teams, but I think it would be the Seahawks. I think – Yeah. I don't trust Robert Sala yet in New Je- in, in the, with the Jets. And I don't trust anyone involved with the Giants at all, at all. Yeah. Um, I know Dave Ball is new, but I don't trust him either. I am pro Mina Kimes' take on this. The Jets should just take two quarterbacks right in the, first, in like the top <laughs> ten and be done. Just like shut up. Don't talk about it ever again. Just be finished. 
Sauce Gardner, oh. Eric Stingley, you're finished. Just don't talk about it ever again. Your defense is fine. Okay, moving on. Uh, okay, this is, I think, to me, the most surprising triplet of picks, okay, for this player. 28th overall to the Packers, 13th overall to the Texans, 44th overall to the Browns. Who is this? One more time. Uh, 28th overall to the Packers, 13th overall to the Texans, 44th overall to the Browns. Who is this Georgia player? Is that Quay? No, it's not Quay. And I'll give you a hint. It's not Pickens either. So that should narrow it for you. Is this Nakobe? No, this is Wyatt. This is Wyatt. Wait, I don't I know. Thought, I thought first of all, I thought I already said Wyatt, but sorry about that. Um, no. Okay, I guess. I guess if he were to fall, I think he's going 13 to the Texans. So I do think, I. I think Lovey loves to build with lines. I think the Texans are going to take an, a tackle well, at three. I think they would take whoever's there, him or Davis. I think Davis will be gone. Yeah. Yep, I think I think they're going to take a tackle at three, and they're going to take a big dude for their defense at thirteen. So I think Wyatt's going to be gone by thirteen, just to be clear. Yeah. But I, but if like if he does fall, I guess you do kind of look down the board and go like, man, nobody's going to want a defensive tackle till the Browns come back around. But I just I cannot see, I can't see past the first pick in the second round for sure. But God, forty fourth is crazy. I forget who put if that he, one up there. If he if he gets down to the Browns, that defense is already a problem. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's going to be. Like I so, don't need no. <laughs> so okay, this is a good way to talk about this now. Is it isn't maybe is he one of the guys where it's like if you fell a lot, you're real mad that you fell, but you're landing in a great spot. Like are the Browns the best thing here versus the Packers and the Texans? Well, it's interesting because even since they moved the contracts to slotted money, and you know what you're getting for each each draft position, it becomes a lot more. Well, where do I want to be? Where where's a place to have a better fit? Mm-hmm. And I gotta say that if it's not gonna be a top fifteen pick, hang out. Let's go to the Browns. Yeah. Let's 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 okay. get this let's get this early second round money and see what's coming back around that way. I, I think that that's a place where it's a better football fit. Obviously, if I'm yeah. his, his agent or him, I want the money. But football wise, I think he'd thrive in with the Browns. Yeah, and if I'm looking at if I'm looking at the Texans, that's a dumpster fire. I don't want to be a part of that. The dumpster fires. Worst, because if they trade Larry Tunsil, they got nobody on that team at all. Yep. Uh, yep. And then with the Packers, that could be great for a minute, but then Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone. And then what, I was say, that, that's a rebuilding that's, waiting to happen. Yeah. When Rodgers leaves, someone else is getting fired too, be it a coach or a GM. Mm-hmm. A lot yep. of instability. Do you want to be one of the last guys brought in under that under that umbrella? I couldn't agree yep. more. Okay. Uh, so next guy, this one has a landing spot that I think is perfect for the wrong dude. Okay. It's not, so it's a perfect landing spot for someone else on the list. Okay. So 21st overall to the Patriots, 47th overall to Washington, 35th overall to the Jets. So there's a two first round, two, one first round mock draft and two second rounders. See, and now we've reached the point of the program where I get upset. Because yeah, someone... no, all of them are going to make it bad after this, I promise. <laughs> it can't be seen, is it? No, it's not seen. Is it Nakobe? No. 
Okay. Do you have three mock drafts when Kobe Dean is not in the first round? Is that no, what you're no, telling I don't. me? I, I swear I don't. The one thing I will tell you to make you even more mad is, okay, I think the perfect landing spot for Dean, this is Quay Walker, by the way. The I, perfect no, landing fair, spot yeah. for Dean, I think, is 21st to the Patriots. But in Fox's mock draft that had Quay going 21st, the Kobe Dean fell out of the first round, which I think is insane, as you do. Um, so, yeah, I think. Quay is one of these weird ones. We don't have to spend a lot of time on him because I think his landing spot is basically the highest you can get is going to be good for him. Um, yeah. But I think I think he could end up like back into the first round hitting the Lions right at the end or somebody pops up to get him to try to get him a longer contract if they really believe in him. But yeah, so let's uh, let me I'll pivot again to another dude then so we can move this along. So, OK, 18th. So new player. Uh, the only guys we have, we have, let's see, one, two, three dudes left. Okay, three guys left of the top seven Georgia players. So you kind of know who's left. Yeah. Uh, 18th overall to the Eagles, 19th overall to the Saints, 33rd overall to the Jags. This is Nakobe D. Close. Not is it seen? It is seen. Yep, it's seen. Okay. All right. So, All right. You know what? I'm the fine Eagles, with that, The Eagles landing spot for my life. Okay. Better than the Saints and the Jags. Well, Jags for sure. But better I than don't the want I, the Jags. Come on. Yeah. I, I don't want him in the division, if you're being perfectly <laughs> honest, about the Saints thing. I'm not a Falcons fan, but I'll be damned if I cheer for the Saints. So I don't want him to go to a place where he can be successful because that Saints defense has been really good quietly the last couple of years. They're going to be trudging out the uh, broken corpse of um, Jameis slash the kid, the other injured kid. Like, I don't know what's happening yeah. there. They're paying um, I think it's, a lot of money. Like, what the hell? You know, like, come never on. Never a good decision. And yeah. so I think that, honestly, we look at kind of the things that have moved the last couple of years, especially that division's kind of weak in the uh, NFC East. I think it'd be a great fit for the Eagles. They've got a history of smart, strong safeties being played there. So I know that the fans would know how to watch him and know how to accept him and know how to celebrate him. Yeah. Okay. I think I've I think I've messed the game up and then I've left two people at the end that are going to be pretty easy to pick apart, but let's go with it anyway. <laughs> You're going to get this really quickly. 15th overall to the Eagles, 28th overall to the Packers, 27th overall to the Bucks. Well, that's a receiver. Mm, is it? Oh, okay. see now. I'm not going to tell you. You got to guess. Take I think guess. it's George. I think it's George. This is Dean. <laughs> this is Nicobe. What is happening? What do the Bucks need Nicobe Dean for? I I don't know, but they had a mark for it. Who are the three teams? Says so the Eagles, the Packers, and the Bucks. I think what happened is that I could not find a mock draft that had him going to the Patriots, even though I think he'd be great there. Well, say, well, that's what I've been listening for for him. I'm like, the first time he says Patriots, I'm taking the <laughs> I'm really surprised. Like, I really did go back through. I went through like the whole mock draft database. No one is mocking that. Like, I have not been able to find it. Um, and so, so, so that's how you know it's going to happen. That's how you know it's going to happen. So like I went through and I think this Bucks one probably was a really, really way before, maybe before free agency mock draft because I just yeah. had to find it. Because I'll tell you a crazy thing, too. Most mock drafts that are recent have him in the back end of the top end of the, of the second round, which I still just cannot imagine is going to happen to this dude. But maybe a lot of people just get themselves ginned up about his size. I don't know. But so we can throw the bucks off because I don't think there's a need there. Maybe put the Patriots in there. And if you had to pick your ideal landing spot for Dean, Eagles, Packers, Patriots, or if you have another team, tell me what you think his best landing spot is. It's the Patriots. This yeah, is the right. Smartest like, football player I've ever seen play football. 
the fact I take him first overall. Like I, I'm that sold in the Kobe team. I was like, oh, that, that's a guy who changes your entire organization in a positive uh, direction or reinforces it if you're looking for a new leader in New England. Like no, this yeah. is he is a Tom Brady esque figure on a defense. He's, I mean, and you you think about like, well, he's undersized, and it's like it, this is probably the NFL coach most known for having an undersized middle linebacker that's just super smart and knows the game better than anybody else. It's whole his whole thing is that. His uh, he's undersized five years ago. Yeah. Look at how this. Look at who's getting paid this offseason in the NFL. It's receivers. This mm-hmm. is not a big man's game anymore. Yeah. This is a situation where his skill set. His ability to to, die, to read and diagnose and react sets him worlds apart from anyone else out there, and I am personally and professionally offended. Like, this is what happens. You, NFL scouts, they think too much. So, like, oh, look at these numbers. Because they're, and everyone says, well, you know they're drafting on potential. That's the same way you recruit. You recruit on potential, only there's less upside in the NFL because now there's no longer saying, oh, what if you get him into a meal program? Or to teach him to read these plays. You're going to get smarter being an NFL player, yes. But the leap isn't going to be as big as the gap from high school to college. So you've yeah. got to take these guys who you don't – like, oh, I think it's as good as he's going to get. Motherfucker, did you watch him? <laughs> yeah. How, how much better could you ask for? Yeah, I like I think at a certain point – there are different ways you can say just go watch the film like you can say just go watch the film meaning like look at what he can do to college level athletes surely you can develop his body better or something with nicobe dean i feel like it's like go watch this like he is an nfl rookie playing out there like an nfl rookie against these against this competition and he's showing you the way that he has nfl level processing skills that i'm sorry you just can't teach everybody that like He's a mechanical engineering major. You know, Josh Dobbs got taken by the Steelers whenever that happened. I can't remember what, what round he went in. But <laughs> like, yeah, like if you're taking Josh Dobbs, who like is only known for throwing one ball his entire life in college. N'Kobe Dean blew up Jim Harbaugh's favorite play on national television and won the game by himself, basically. Like take that man again, yet again, shut up and press the button. Bill Belichick, reach into your sock, find the draft day note that says Dean no matter what, and just take him. Ugh. Okay, so last guy, we'll wrap this up. You know who it is. Uh, 22nd overall to the Packers, 44th overall to the Browns, 29th overall to the Chiefs. Who are we talking about? I want George Pickens to go to the Chiefs. I do too. I want I the too, Chiefs man. to have a receiver who will beat you up. I can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine if, like, yeah, we traded Tyreek Hill. I mean, the Chiefs really do have it. Have I understand now a bit why they did this? Because this wide receiver class is so deep. There's so many dudes that they could take at that spot that I think would like just immediately hop in and be, you know, wide receiver two for them. Sorry, McColl, mm-hmm. but like, you know, I can't, I can't lie. Um, Pickens, my God, with just, just Pat Mahomes just throwing you the ball wherever you are, like I think would be a huge problem. Um, I, I think it's a really, 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 really sad thing when we look at these Georgia receivers who keep coming out. McColl's one of them. Where you're like, man, I'm excited for him to get a great quarterback throwing like, in the football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, man. I just, I just stare at the guy in the center, and he's fine. He wanted to tell, like, he's better than fine. But like, man. <laughs> if we had, I, I think, I think this is a story with a lot of these wideouts because I think Jahan Dobson is another great guy to think about with that, where it's like, 
you know, Drake London, he had a decent quarterback, whatever. But like, you know, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are getting CJ Stroud just flinging on the rock all over the field. So, of course, they look great. But like John Dobson and like Traylon Burks, they had to fight for every single thing they got to get anything on film. Same with George Pickens, you know, like Pickens, he felt like a guy that was just fighting to try to put something on film, anything um, because of our wondrous quarterback room. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy for him to, you know, with this, he either gets Mahomes, Rogers, or, you know, a team that will not be discussed because he doesn't need to go to the Browns. It's going to be terrible. Uh, yes. I, I, the, the one guy I wanted to get on here to try to confuse you is uh, Jake Camarda, our punter, who's also going to get taken, I think. Which um, is awesome. Like, I love great. the fact that we've got a punter. Honestly, then, the only reason he's not going to be the first punter off the board is because the punt god, Matt Areza, is also in this in this draft class who kicks the ball 80 yards. Uh, and so he's going to go probably I'd, sometime. I'd like in to thank Matt Areza for raising the, 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 the bar for punters and getting at least two or three drafted this year yeah. off the strength of him going in the fifth. Like, <laughs> first, first punter, first punter the off the board and, and you're someone. <laughs> yeah, he's going to panic someone in a pickup. He's the first guy who drafts a special teams in your fantasy draft. Like, it's going to yeah, make someone. Exactly. <laughs> are we doing that now? Are we doing that now? It's like, no, it's not time. <laughs> the, the Chiefs defense, what are y'all doing? It's the, it's the third <laughs> round. <laughs> Man. Okay, so uh, I, of so of the remaining guys, if you want to just round out the class, do you have a dream location for James Cook and Zamir White? Let's talk about that real quick before we get out. You're running the show. You can tell me we're going to end the podcast, obviously. But, you know. No, just, no, no, I'm you're fine. You're you, fine. Let's, let's, let's just keep running you. back because I do want to talk about them. I want James Cook to go to Miami. Yeah, that's a good spot. I love what they're building down there offensively. The line's going to suck. But if you're throwing it to him out of the backfield – He'll be fine. He'll actually improve their pass blocking because he can pass block. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be fine there. Zamir White, anywhere with a decent line and need at running back. Like that guy's just a, a back. He's just a back. And yes, yeah. he can do the catching things that Cook does, but I want to see him north south running over. I want him to end up like a Nick Chubb type situation. Obviously, he's going to fall further than Nick did, but yeah. it's going to be a situation where that's where he's going to shine, where it's going to be late in the season and. Zimmer White's finally getting some touches. 20 touches, 193 yards. Like, he's like, where'd this kid come from? And it's going to get a lot of those in, like, November, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, Cook, if if Cordell Patterson wasn't doing what he was doing at the Falcons, Cook would – and you could still take him because you need weapons, obviously. But, like, Cook mm-hmm. would be a good fit there. Um, Honestly, and this is me being selfish, I would love Cook at the Titans because you have Derrick Henry. You could pair him as this sort of, like, change of pace – back that I think Cook kind of shines at and then he gets those looks where people are looking for the wheel route and instead you just give it to him off tackle and bye he's gone peace out you know like you were in coverage and he's just Mm. running past you um and I like for most of these guys you know I don't want people to fall who shouldn't fall but also it tends to be the case that if you fall a little bit you end up in a better situation and so I think the main yeah. thing I want for Cook, I would love Cook to be sort of the second or third option on a team that's really good. Kind of what Sony Michelle lucked into, you know, like dropped right. to the Patriots, then went to the Rams, won a Super Bowl both places. Like, I think I think that would be my kind of ideal for Cook of like you just become a person who's invaluable at doing the things you do well um, instead of being the person that's being asked to do way too much. I forgot that he has two rings. Good for yeah. Sony. Good yep. for the kids. Well, man, thanks for coming on and talking all this football. I do want to talk about one thing that's going on right now. 
in the NBA playoffs. We're recording this on Sunday the 24th. <laughs> Game four of this series will be happening on Monday. The Nets and Celtics, and the Nets have put together a collection of what has been called the two most skilled players of all time, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and they were combined outscored by Jason Tatum yesterday. And yep. I'm not saying that, you know, I am saying that needless hating occurs and, and maybe we should be more receptive to seeing these guys figure it out. But when Kyrie says that his team is just figuring out how to play together, meanwhile the Celtics have gelled since December, and he doesn't say it's my fault. It's horrifically <laughs> self-aware, unself-aware, excuse me, and laughable. And if they bring back Ben Simmons for game four, he can be the first player in NBA history to play consecutive elimination games and go home in both of them. Um, yeah. I personally am cheering for this. Kyrie Irving is a weirdo, but he's very good at basketball. But this meltdown is happening in real time. And it's one of those situations where you can say it looks good on paper, but pulling it off is a lot different than just putting a team together. Yeah. I mean, I think the good thing about this result and, I, you know, there's so few times in these unprecedented times where ah. people who, like, have power and influence say and do dumb things with regards to this disease in particular, this pandemic we've all lived through hell together with very few of them will get any kind of comeuppance or any kind of consequence or any kind of ridicule um, or it'll just bounce off them and they'll just continue to keep doing their do, do their thing. Kyrie will continue to do his thing, I'm sure. But this is a really funny comeuppance for a guy who just cannot imagine that like, yeah, the reason y'all are not gelling is because you were really selfish and silly about the science of this and you did your own research and now you're going to have a lot more time to do your own research because you're going to get swept. <laughs> I, the idea Sorry. of Kyrie in the lab is very funny to me. Um, but yes, it's, 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 this is the direct results of your own actions. Um, and like watching, I don't know. It's just funny to me. It's also very funny that the quotes from when this all came together, where some days I'll be the head coach. Some days can will be the head coach. So, Maybe you needed a head coach. It's like, but Call you don't say crazy. this out loud. This, there's so, there are people in the NBA, especially. I don't know. Do you feel like professional athletes now just like say some quiet things out loud now they should not be saying? I guess it's always been a problem, but I think especially it, in the NBA, it's with more coaching, noticeable. It's more noticeable now because they've had media training since they were 12. Yeah. And so when the real comes through, like, wait, what the hell was that? You see, you know better than that. Like, it's almost, it's like if someone came up in a 2002 draft day suit, like, you'd be like, wait, what are you wearing? Like, what happened to Tracy McGrady? Yeah, exactly. It would stand out much more than it did back then. So I think what happened is the professionalism has been so ramped up that when we hear some stupid things, like, wait, no, someone's mad at you. Someone's texting you right now of what you just said. You don't have to read about it in the paper. It's going to be someone who you pay to tell you these things. There better be audio, because if I hear that on, if I see that on Twitter, I'm like, that's a fake quote. <laughs> that's fake. That's the way Kyrie said that I used the head coach. No, come on now. No, that's fake. It's amazing. And that's before all of it got started, and it might be how all of this ends. Jason, man, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Love having you on. And we're going to have you on more, because uh, I, I think my insufferability over Georgia may drive away some potential guests. Sure. So uh, <laughs> I may be leaning on you a bit more than you can even count on. I'm um, delighted to indulge that, that side of you, buddy. <laughs> awesome. As always, fuck Missouri. That was your show. We'll be here at least next Monday, maybe sooner. This is your outro. See you guys very soon.